Welcome to Redefining Reality, where we live at the intersection of wellness, business, and the birth of a global tribe. So relax your body mind, open your heart, and recognize that we are the ones we've been waiting for. Friends, welcome back. This is another episode of the Redefining Reality Podcast. I am your host, Brian Hardy. And today is going to be a good one, especially if you are interested in all things medical cannabis or cannabis related, or you've been curious about it, or you've been wondering about it, or maybe you've had one or two or three bad experiences with it and uh, you never got to uh, appreciate the benefits of this medicine then you'll very likely appreciate today's episode. Before we get into that, a few quick things to share. Number one is stop and take a deep breath. Tune into yourself. Where is your energy? Where is your focus? Where are your connections? Are you connected to yourself? Are you connected to creator? Are you connected to nature? Are you connected to a lover or a friend or a family member? I see when I look around these days so much isolation and desperation from many people. And uh, it's, it's because of a lack of connection. And so I invite you to ask those questions and to reconnect, tune in, and uh, find, find a source for yourself to be nourished. And this podcast might be that source. And for that, I'm eternally grateful and so happy that you're here and listening to this because that's, you know, in a big way why I do this for myself and for the people that I know it benefits. Um, and it's just a lot of fun. So let's have some fun, shall we? Before we get into today's podcast, I just want to say a few quick things. Number one, I have launched a Patreon page. There's not a whole lot on there right now. Pretty much it's a way to get accessible slash affordable health coaching from yours truly. So go over to Brian Hart, no, sorry, patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Brian Hardy and you'll find my page and that will continue to support my creative work my creative endeavors allow me to way to better serve those that are looking for health coaching and diet and lifestyle advice who are struggling in that in that realm as well as provide a premium option for those that want to dive deeper want to get behind the scenes content want to get bonus releases that don't make it to the podcast um, and that I'll create specifically for those people. Any donation makes a difference. I've set two tiers for the different kinds of health coaching. Whether you want just monthly health coaching at $55 a month for email only, or whether you want to dive in and do a video call uh, once a month for about 60 to 90 minutes, and uh, that's $165 per month. So those are some options for you guys. I would love to serve. If you're, if you're struggling with energy issues, recovery issues, digestive issues, uh, hormone issues, those are the things that I focus on the most and really come alongside people. Because if you know my story, you know that I started off very, very unwell at the age of 18. 
suffering from a ruptured appendix and a lot of digestive issues and a lot of repressed emotions um, and just years of uh, bottling that stuff up until my body said, that's enough. We're blowing a gasket, you know, my appendix in a sense, blowing a gasket, we're going to slow you down, we're going to bring your attention to your body, you're going to bring your attention to the areas that you're not loving, that you're not accepting, and that was my uh, introduction into a healing journey. And I'm so appreciative to be here now and to be where I'm at now, having gone through the last eight years of uh, learning and growth. So with that said, check out those options, patreon.com forward slash Brian Hardy. In other news, we've got our usual trio of awesomeness to, uh, to talk about. The first being Neurohacker Collective, the makers of Qualia. Turn your brain and body on. Feel energized, perform better, focus better, and not in a really anxious, you know, jittery kind of focus. Not like you drank 10 cups of coffee and you're really struggling and you're really not feeling great but in a smooth way, in a flow way, right? In a way that has a calmness to it and a groundedness to it, even though there's a lot of energy and a lot of potential for learning and synthesizing and creating, which is where I want to be when I'm being productive, when I'm in my workday. Uh, that's why I love this stuff from Neurohacker and particularly Qualia, um, and particularly Qualia Focus, when I want to really dial in in that way. And uh, you will be able to save 15% on any and all things that you order from those guys with the code BHARDY. So that's just B-H-A-R-D-Y at checkout. Save 15% on your order, and they have a great option if you've never tried it to get 50% off your first order. So definitely check them out if you want to hack your brain and feel like the guy from Limitless. Okay, maybe not quite like that guy. You know, Bradley Cooper, that was, but um, it's pretty potent stuff. I will say that. It is, it is potent stuff. It's a good formula. Very, very well-designed formula. Alternatively, if you want to stick to the straight herbs and mushrooms side of things, which is a great place to be, that's where the daily tonics come in, that's where the teas, the smoothies, the different elixirs all come into play, um, I use medicinal mushrooms regularly, reishi, cordyceps, chaga, lion's mane, shiitake, maitake. There's so many. They're so amazing. The more I learn about mushrooms, the more I want to grow them myself and have them in my life in a bigger way. And I think I will do that soon. At some point, I'll probably grow some lion's mane or some reishi or whatever it is um, at home and uh, just try it out. Inoculate a couple logs or get some wood chips or something. Anyways, in the meantime, for those of us that don't want to grow our own mushrooms, don't have all the time and resources to go and do that, that's what Vitaging is for. Vitaging.ca is my friend's website where they curate all kinds of high-quality, bulk-priced medicinal mushroom supplements, uh, herbal tonic supplements, things like Chinese medicine herbs, Ayurvedic herbs, uh, even, West, even Western herbs, things like Siberian ginseng and... Oh, I mean, there's just so many. There's just so many. Milk thistle is one I like to use. Cat's claw is really, really great. Ashwagandha. The list goes on. And you can save 10% on anything you order through Vitaging with the code HARDY. That's H-A-R-D-Y. And last but not least, 
I want to invite you to go over to my YouTube page. It's being populated as we speak. There's not a whole lot on there. But video is where things are going. So using YouTube and Instagram as my primary means for content creation and content posting. So you can find me there, Brian Hardy 7 on both of those platforms. And uh, give me a follow, give me a subscribe. And uh, let me know what you want to learn more of, what you want to see more of in these videos. Because uh, I want to cater to what you guys want. So that is that. Enough of the promotion, the affiliate promotion. I love those guys. Oh, last quick thing, the Amazon affiliate. If you are buying things through Amazon and you go through any of my podcast links, you'll find that there's an Amazon banner and a button. If you bookmark that page, then a small percentage of whatever you purchase through Amazon will come back to yours truly. You don't pay anything more. All we're doing is taking a little bit of Amazon's cut, and Lord knows they can afford it. And I would appreciate it. So that's that. Different ways to support, different ways to plug in. And um, yeah, always feel free to reach out if you have questions, concerns, if you want to learn more about working together via my coaching program, then please do be in touch. Okay, today's episode is all about cannabis. I sat down with my friends Holly and Arash, or Arash, rather, apologies, Arash, um, from Apollo Cannabis Clinics here in Toronto. And I just want to say before we get into it, because Holly and Arash do work for Apollo, and this is sort of an educational opportunity for them to share what Apollo is up to, which from what I can tell, even though I'm not currently a patient, I know people who are patients, and I've been around the industry enough to know that they are on the cutting edge in many respects, be that having a very integrative team, be that having research and doing their own clinical research, things like PTSD they've been studying and how cannabis can affect that, and uh, just really being dedicated to providing a um, accessible, high-level, and personalized medical cannabis program to those that are looking for it. So they don't pay me. I'm not an affiliate of theirs in any way. I'm not uh, employed by them in any way. Um, and I really wanted to just have a really cool uh, multi-perspective conversation about medical cannabis and cannabis in general. And that's what we did. And so although they will reference Apollo often, and I mean, I would recommend checking them out if you're in the mar medical cannabis market and you want to find a good provider, definitely check them out. You know, OHIP, if you're in Ontario, will cover uh, the costs of going to see them. So definitely check them out and learn more if you're drawn in that direction. Um, but just know that I didn't intend for this to be a commercial for them. This was really just educational purposes, first and foremost. And it just so happens that, uh, yeah, that's the way it worked out. So all of the show notes for this podcast will be over at the blog brianhardy.ca forward slash cannabis podcast. And I will link to the things that we talk about, the things that we mention, the sponsors of the show, and uh, you'll find all that great information over there. So enjoy this episode. I'm going to play us out with one of my favorite artists, Satsang, and their song, I Am, because I was listening to Matt Kahn's latest video the other day, again, Highly recommend Matt Kahn. And it's called I Am That I Am. You'll find Matt Kahn, that's K-A-H-N, on YouTube. And his stuff is potent for 
soul, spiritual, conscious evolution. So enjoy this podcast. Enjoy the cannabis goodness. I hope you maybe can kick back and enjoy a nice vape or some oil. While you take this in, maybe do some foam rolling, roll around to the ground, do some stretching, give yourself a massage. I used to do that a lot, was get high, roll around on the ground listening to podcasts. And I still do from time to time. It's like a Saturday morning treat for me. Um, feels like I'm going to church or something. I wake up and I'm reborn. It's fantastic. So definitely do that. Um, if you're driving, don't do that. Don't get high and uh, roll around in your car while driving and listening to a podcast just because I told you to. I am not responsible for any auto accidents or pedestrian casualties associated with such activities. I do not condone them, but I do condone medical cannabis and the responsible use of sweet, sweet Mary Jane. So with that said, enjoy this episode and I'll catch you soon. Much love. Welcome back, my friends, to another episode of Redefining Reality. Today is going to be a good one because we've got the trialogue in effect, which is a dynamic that I love that we've done in the past. And uh, I'm here with a couple of friends from Apollo Cannabis, Arash and Holly. And uh, I'll have them introduce themselves in just a moment here and say what their roles are, what their focus is. And then we'll kick off um, with how you guys got into the world of medical cannabis. And for everybody listening, you'll find the show notes to this episode at brianhardy.ca forward slash cannabis podcast, where I'll link to studies, research, references, resources, whatever whatever it is that we talk about. And um, yeah, without further ado, thank you for being here. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. You want to go first? No, you go ahead, Ollie. Okay, awesome. <laughs> um well, thanks for having us. Uh, my name is Holly Bennett. I am the marketing manager at Apollo Cannabis Clinics. Uh, I first started out as a patient educator, where essentially my role was to educate patients on how to use medicinal cannabis for their various needs, whether that be pain, sleep, anxiety, what have you. Um, and I became very passionate about spreading the word about Apollo, making sure that people know that if their family doctors you know, either aren't comfortable prescribing cannabis or don't know how to, that there is a specialty clinic like Apollo out there. Took on some marketing functions and uh, now that's my role is full-time just spreading the word about Apollo, making sure uh, nationally we are known. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you. Uh, my name is Arash. <laughs> um, I started working at Apollo, to be honest with you, out of necessity. It was a way to keep the lights on. I graduated medical school and I needed to have a job in my life. So I decided to start working at Apollo. Um, initially, um, well, initially and still, I treat Apollo as any other medical facility in which we see patients and we help them. We have a specific medication that we like to focus on, um, and that's cannabis. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of what a lot of physicians already have training towards. We just look at it from a different angle. So my job is generally to deal with patients from an educational standpoint or a triage standpoint, whatever they need. And uh, my position is now called the manager of clinical affairs. But in reality, I'm a patient educator first and foremost. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. And how much would you guys say education is sort of the forefront of what you do and just in general in this space, oh, it's right? It's the core of our of our operation is, um, I can give you an example. When I first got my medical cannabis script, it was from just a regular GP back in 2016. I was handed a piece of paper that said two grams of cannabis per day, no more than 22% THC. And I had to figure 
everything out on my own, where to get it from, what types of strains to take, uh, you know, what dosage to take, all of that. Um, so at Apollo and at most cannabis clinics, um, you'll find education is the forefront of what we do. So um, you'll come in, you'll you'll be assessed, and then we'll take you through everything you need to know about being a cannabis patient. We're talking rules and regulations, legalities, and then how to use the medicine for your specific needs um, in terms of dosing, strain selection, methods of consumption, whether you're going to take oils or capsules. And it's really a collaborative process um, that we do. So education is huge. It's I don't think we would function or be successful with our patients without this type of deep education that we have. Would you agree, Arash? Yeah, definitely. I mean, like Holly said, to add to it, education is of paramount importance to what we do because every medication that's out there right now has a small pamphlet or a pharmacist that'll help you with it whereas cannabis is on its own. And it may be for multiple reasons, right? I don't want to divulge too far into stigmas or understanding or research, but in reality, we are the pharmacist, the doctor, and everything else in between. So if if, edu- if you want to call it education, I think it's generalizing. We ha- we do everything. So mm-hmm. it's, it's really invasive that way. Beautiful. And for those listening who might not be um, privy to the cannabis conversation, two grams a day... If one were to actually consume that, mm-hmm. um, could be a massive overdose for many people, right? I would definitely say um, it's a lot of cannabis. Even for myself, was, and back then I was using cannabis, you know, five, six, seven times a day. Two grams is a lot. That's I, I know we do have some patients who will go through that for a variety of different reasons. However, for myself, it, it was an unnecessary amount. Um, so even having the guidance saying, look, this is your maximum prescription. You do not in any way, shape, or form need to use all of this, but this gives you access to the amount of products that you may need to try and figure out what works for you in collaboration with us. Totally. Yeah. And yeah. just for context, what year was that that, that you went through that process? 2016. Okay. So only only three years ago, like spring of 2016. And. That may sound like a long time ago when we talk about medical cannabis. Yeah. But in reality, this stuff has been legal since 2001, mm-hmm. right? So it's almost 20 years that it's been available and people who needed it have never used it because they didn't have access to it or the physicians that they were seeing didn't have the knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's interesting when you talk about cannabis in time frame because two years in the game and you're a veteran, mm-hmm. right? But in reality, it's been around for a lot longer than anyone really knows about. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And people hear a lot about different ratios of cannabinoids, particularly THC and CBD mm-hmm. are seemingly the most focused on, at least from what I've seen yeah. and heard and you know, related with other folks. And I wonder if one or either of you wants to just uh, give a, a very um, simple breakdown, the differences between the two and what sorts of conditions uh, might respond best to either. Sure. Yeah. I mean, what we know firmly is that there are well there are many receptors but there are two that we like to get in touch with and 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 educate patients about obviously everybody knows the cb1 receptor and the cb2 receptor there's thc and there's cbd those receptors are all over our body right and they have different functions in different systems of our body so i don't want it to to sound overly complex but if I know THC works as a vasodilator in certain areas of my body, but acts as a stimulant in my central nervous system, again, those are those are common things that we see in medicine all the time that we're still learning and understanding. As of now, 
we like to have patients, you know, trial CBD and see how they do. And we know all the positive effects it can have. That doesn't mean that it'll have those effects on every patient. But, you know, our, our, our theory and, and what we know about cannabis is, is, is that exactly. You have to try it to know if it's going to help and move forward CBD first, THC if needed. And again, we treat it like any other medication. Yeah. And to kind of break it down further, so there's, for those who are new to the cannabis game or the cannabis world, there's two main compounds in the cannabis plant that are really talked about. There's CBD, which stands for cannabidiol, and there's THC, which stands for delta-9 tetrahydrocannabinol. Um, So the CBD is the component in the plant that does not make you feel high. There's no sort of um, we don't say there's no psychoactivity because it, it does um, act on the brain, um, but it's not intoxicating. Um, and THC is what's most commonly known for recreational purposes. It's the component that in certain percentages can make you feel high, euphoria, whatever word you want to use. Um, but don't get us wrong, we still have patients who use THC because it can be good for a variety of different conditions. We're talking sleep, PTSD, treatment-resistant depression, um, treatment-resistant nerve pain. Um, so... Those are kind of the two major compounds. There's over 100 compounds in the cannabis plant. Um, but those are the ones that we primarily look at because um, that's what the industry primarily looks at, to be honest with you. Those are the, those are the kind of the main compounds that also have the most research behind them. So it's uh, easier to prescribe those ones. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Right. We, we, we try our best to stay in that realm of evidence, right? Evidence practicing medicine. But in, in, in some areas... And this isn't just true for cannabis. It's true for every faction of medicine. There are stuff that's at the forefront, right? You, you, you look at medical oncology. You look at rheumatology. They try things all the time before they find out what is going to be effective for that patient base and what's going to be effective for that disease line. So, again, it's just, it's, it's I, say, I said it before, I'll say it again. It's any other medication that we want to use and help people with. Mm-hmm. And I love that, for me, it almost, you know, calls back to a time where... Um, I think more people actually practiced medicine. Mm. I mean, many of us have had the experience of going to see a GP, tell them our symptoms, they look at a screen, give us a script. It's like three minutes in, out, whatever. It's a template. Um, mm. Yeah. And they're not getting to know the person and they're not customizing any of the treatment, at least not right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Whereas with something that's, that's plant-derived, right, where each batch is going to be unique um, and each batch is a, is a complex substance, um, it really uh, invites us. It really, it requires uh, any you know uh, responsible doctor, medical practitioner, advisor to really take on what it means to be in practice, right? Mm. And to try things and adjust and to uh, tailor an approach to the individual, um, which I love. I love that that's sort of built into it. Um, yep. I think it makes a lot of sense, given that it's uh, from what I you know perceive medical cannabis and then cannabis um, in general is really inviting a lot of us into a more holistic perception of our bodies and health and medicine um, and living, you know, in general. Mm. Um, So I just, yeah, I I love that that, that's built into it. Um, And I wonder if you guys, you know, see that in the kinds of doctors that gravitate to working in the space. Every day. I mean, cannabis is extremely personalized medicine. I think that's a huge part of our philosophy is every single person is different. Every strain of cannabis is different. So it's up to us in collaboration with our patient 
to figure out what strain of cannabis, what product of cannabis from which licensed producer and what dose is going to be best for them. And it is a trial and error process. We may get it, you know, right on, on the first appointment and, you know, they try two milligrams of uh, THC and it works flawlessly for them. Um, other times we may go back and forth for a couple months until we find the exact dosage and strain that works for that patient. Um, so not only is a certain type of physician um, and Arash can, can talk more to that, but it's also... Um, we need our patients to be open-minded and understand it is a collaborative process and it's not like it's not like a regular medication where you get a, a dose and that's it and you know see me see me in 5 months or whatever we do regular follow-ups with our patients um, we're constantly in contact with them uh, they can phone us at any time saying you know I've, I've been doing this for a couple of weeks not really working for me or it is working for me do i need to change anything so we constantly have a feedback loop with our patients and our physicians definitely yeah the 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 line I like is our patients need to be patient because we don't always have the information to start with. So we start everyone off in a very similar way, but they need to know that there's a different path and a different route for every disease process, every individual. And then you got to remember that, un, you know, like, like any other practice, that sometimes people's baselines will change, mm. right? Sometimes people's chronic pain gets far worse in the winter. Sometimes people's depression disappears in the summer. So it really depends. And we work with people that way. We make sure that it's always tailored to their need. And that's where a lot of our work is. Mm-hmm. More so than in, you know, a physician will, will will speak with a patient and understand what they need and start them off. But it's the educator's job to do everything else and connect the dots. Mm-hmm. So that that's something that a lot of doctors have to do in other practices that Apollo has helped out with. And again, our doctors absolutely love learning with the educators. It's a It's a group that understands that all of the communication is horizontal, mm. right? There's no up or down. There's no talking down to anybody. There's no talking up to anybody. It's we're learning collaboratively and we're doing it in a very safe way. Yeah. So. And we have an amazing collection of physicians and healthcare practitioners that we have, you know, internal medicine specialists, we have psychiatrists, nurse practitioners. So depending on what a patient's individual symptoms or needs are, we'll pair them with a physician or a healthcare practitioner best for their individual needs. So they're getting the level of care that they need for what they're coming in for. Um, right. You, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. And unlike any other uh, other clinic that I know of, we have, well, there's multiple clinics out there that have multiple different specialities in them, but none of them have addressed this medication the way we have. And mm-hmm. I think that that's what gives us success. You know, a lot of people are out there asking what our secret to success is. It's time, it's hard work, it's dedication, and it's patient care. Yeah. So a lot of times when, when you hear about, about a medical cannabis patient that was unsuccessful, they're going to tell you, well, I tried one and it didn't work and I don't ever want to go back. Mm-hmm. And it's a mixture of their experience in clinic, a physician that couldn't answer their questions or the incorrect dosage, mm. right? And all three of those, again, multifactorial combine to create an unhappy patient. And we've taken that model apart. And we've said that if there are questions, you can call us. If you have a question for your doctor, you can ask them. And when it's all said and done, we'll find the right dose. Right, so we kind of looked at it backwards and, and built it from the ground up that way. So that's kind of what sets us apart, I think. Yeah, yeah a very a very patient centric, service oriented model instead yeah. of just you know, uh, you know, clicking patients through as as a number of things. Yeah, right? yeah. Just churning people through for there's, the numbers and there's places like that out there. You know, the assembly line. Mm-hmm. Right, you, you get in, you get two stamps here, and then one stamp at the back, and then you're good to go. And so that's, <laughs> that's just not how we work. No. So. And how long has Apollo been around? 
since 2013, so we actually started as a research organization um, researching chronic pain in medical cannabis and post-traumatic stress disorder in medical mm -hmm. cannabis, uh, specifically with veterans to start off with. Um, and in order to do good research, you need to have patience. Um, so <laughs> we eventually opened up our first clinic in 2015. It's in uh, North York, Toronto. In you know August of 2019, we're sitting at five physical clinics in the GTA. And we also have uh, what we call our Apollo at Home program, where we can see patients uh, virtually via telemedicine anywhere in Canada. So uh, we find this is particularly helpful because medical cannabis is not easy to access um and this way we've opened it up that if you live in northern ontario if you live in a city center no matter where you live in canada uh, you can have the same unparalleled access to the highest quality medical cannabis care from the comfort of your own home so uh, we do see patients anywhere yeah is all this OHIP covered or is this private insurance or a mix of both depending on what they're getting yeah it's all free of charge so it's uh, provincial or OHIP covered yep okay well, I think that really highlights uh, a major need for a lot of people who end up looking to cannabis because for a lot of people, it's sort of a last resort. Oh, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. And by that time, they might not be mobile, right? They might be bedridden. They might be dependent on others to Absolutely. give them transport. In long-term right? care homes. Those, they, are, yeah. those are the cases we consider difficult, right? Yeah. If you've tried two or three different opioids and you've tried other pain medications and you're currently using, you know, a sleep assistant and, and other medications that might conflict with cannabis. Those are sometimes difficult for us. But I'll, I'll promise you this much. We, we never say no to anybody. And there are times where we have those very difficult cases and they've come to us, like you said, last resort. Mm -hmm. They don't even want to be. They don't want to. They don't want to be in the clinic. They're like, <laughs> yeah. "Oh my god, I can't believe I'm in a cannabis clinic. I never thought, you know, I can't even tell my kids about this." <laughs> exactly, and their energy is. How, how soon can this be over? Yeah. And then they come back. And sometimes we see them, you know, night and day. You know, any, any contrast you want to call it. They come in upset, impatient, and just generally anxious not well. Scared. Yeah, anxious and scared. And then they leave and come back in three months for their follow-up. And they've told all their friends. They brought their family members. Mm -hmm. They used to use a walker. They're now walking on their own power. They've cut their medications, you know, 80% down. They'll, they're still taking a, a stomach acid and, you know, um, something to help with, I don't know, maybe, you know, a, a dilated for, or sorry, not dilated, like a di diclofenac for back pain, like something that's non-opioid related mm -hmm. for things that get really bad. But the cannabis has erased so many other medications and they're doing so much better now that they're just, they're a herald, right? They're, they're trying to pass the message around. And if, I don't know about you guys, but mm -hmm. when I think about cannabis, sometimes in the past, it was the one person who used it to self-medicate and was, you know, cheering it on and everyone was just telling them to, you know, sit quiet and don't say anything. Don't ruffle any feathers. Mm -hmm. So we see that in clinic every day. We see people who are proud of it mm -hmm. because of how much it's helped them and they're telling people and it's creating popularity. So And it's reducing stigma. It's, it's reducing tons of stigma. Yeah. Now we have patients that come in and say, hey, you know what, Barbara down the hall used it and she's dancing again. Give me some <laughs> of that, right? Yeah. So we have to taper some expectation because it's high. We have to take that popularity and control it and, and channel it the right way. But, you know, I feel it's, it's less and less these days and maybe Holly can speak to it mm. as well. It's less and less these days that we see those patients that are looking over their shoulder when they come in. There yep. used to be a lot of them. Yeah. yeah. I, 
So again, more of a personal anecdote. I started off in the industry six years ago working at a vaporizer store, um, selling herbal vaporizers for mostly recreational, but we had some medical cannabis patients that came to us. And at that point in time, you know, I told my parents where I was working and they were like, oh no, like we can't tell the people at church about this. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, they were telling people I worked at a medical supply store. That's as far as they would go. You know, six years later, my parents are both using medicinal cannabis. We enjoy it recreationally, occasionally together. Like there has been huge leaps and bounds within my own social circle and my family in terms of the reduction of stigma. So it's oftentimes the people who come in that are scared, they don't want to be there. They're there alone because they didn't want to tell their husband or their wife that they're trying this treatment method who come back and the stigma is completely flipped. Now they are the ones breaking down the barriers and telling people, hey, I've tried this. It worked for me. I think you should consider this too or educating their friends and their family about it. And um, yeah, I recently did like a presentation for my parents' church about medicinal cannabis. And like, that's how far it's come in my own life. Mm. So wow. yeah, yeah, we see that often. That stuff fuels us. Yeah. Uh, that stuff gives you, gives you drive. It, it's what gets you up in the morning. Like, you know, we, we all had full days today, but to have the opportunity to speak about medical cannabis, we'll take it mm. because it, it leaves me feeling happy. Yeah, so, it's fulfilling. Exactly. And and you watch people have an epiphany in front of you and it changes you as well. You know, you tell someone that they're going to exchange a synthetic for a plant and it's going to help them and it works. Then they come back and they're so grateful. We have patients offering us things in clinic. Obviously, we don't accept, but you know, you know, I brought you this or I brought you that or, or my mom made you this or my dad made you that. And thank you so much. You've made it such a huge difference in my life. So that kind of stuff, again, it goes a long ways for us. Mm-hmm. Right. And it really helps. Totally, because it can be quite disheartening when you just look out at sort of the um, the heavy load that a lot of people are carrying mm. when it comes to health or disease, um, chronic conditions, autoimmune conditions, cancer rates. You know, it, it can be overwhelming to really take all that in. And yet there's these, you know, beacons of light or beacons of hope that are growing and expanding quite rapidly. Um, that clearly you guys are part of, Mm -hmm. this plant is part of, um, and uh, represent solutions, right? Holistic solutions that are actually going to allow people to get to a bit of the root cause, Mm -hmm. right, of what's going on, at least not add to the causes with synthetic chemicals that are very toxic uh, for the body to process, right? And just simply treating symptoms, right? Um, Without allowing that actually relief from symptoms and improved quality of life. Uh, So I love that. And the the church comment I love (laughs) as well. And it inspires me to, um, once this is out, to share this with my parents because I was born and raised in the church. Mm -hmm. And I've many times wanted to like preach holistic health on a Sunday morning. Yeah. I don't know if they'll give me a Sunday morning, but maybe like a Wednesday <laughs> evening or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah ours was a Sunday afternoon. Okay. <laughs> After church. Okay. Yeah. Little potluck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's how they do it. <laughs> nice. Um, but it makes so much sense, right? If you believe in a God or a creator of some sort, mm. then you have to trust that this plant is part of his creation. Yeah. It's not here on accident. No. Right. No. Not at I all. I agree. No. And you, you mentioned earlier, just to go back and, you know, the, the last resort patient may in a few years, and I say that very loosely and, and I'm generalizing here, but let's just pick a number in five to 10 years from now, if the research shows that CBD does help people with rheumatoid arthritis, it might flip the standard of care. It might go from high dose NSAIDs and methotrexate 
to let's try a high-dose CBD, low-dose THC, and see how your rheumatoid arthritis reacts. And if we can slow disease progression in something that's, you know, a big part of every rheumatologist's job, then you better believe every other faction is going to pay attention, right? Mm. And in again, I reiterate, our, our kids might be thinking, well, you know, my dad doesn't feel well. I'm going to take him to the clinic, and then I'm going to take him to the pharmacy and fill a prescription for cannabis. That's the standard of care. You don't have a choice anymore. That's what your doctor told you to do, and most people listen to their doctor. Mm. Right now, we're in the state where physicians are slightly unsure, so we're seeing last resort patients. Mm. And again, I don't want to... Well, I will now that I've said it. <laughs> the the doctors that are out there that are against it are waiting for the epidemiology, right? They're waiting for the numbers. They're waiting for what happens after 10 years, what happens after 15 years. But the theory is already there. And research, the stuff that we do, isn't just a shot in the dark. We don't say, let's give a thousand people CBD and see what happens. We'll focus on a certain disease process. And some of the numbers that we've already got, and I'm not going to dive too deep into it because... Some of it is still under peer-to-peer review and we're not allowed to talk about it, but some of the stuff we've seen is staggering, mm. right? And in medicine, usually 40 to 50% is enough to dive deeper into something. 60 or 70% is enough to change the standard of care. We're in the 80s, mm. right? So we're doing very well in terms of the standard of what's allowed with research and the results that you should expect. So again, I just, I think that this is something that if we look back on in 10 to 15 years, might be laughed at, mm. right? It might be laughed at that there is this much stigma that it was a last resort. Yeah. So we'll see. I think that's true of many things, just in human culture in general, right? The fact that we used to smoke on airplanes yeah. and not have seatbelts in cars. Hey, in the in the 50s, we used to tell pregnant women to smoke. Yeah. Oh my God. Your doctor would tell you, if you had morning nausea, have a cigarette. It'll help. Wow. Then we found out that 90% of the children that were born from that era suffered from mental disease, whether it be ADHD, anxiety, or all those other things that occurred. So mm. you're right. And even more, uh, a closer example, 15 years ago, there was a physician who thought he could use a toxin in plastics. He was laughed at. And now we call it Botox. Super Mm. popular. It's everywhere, right? So it's used in chronic pain. It's used in, you know, plastics. It's used in now even, um, well, I heard recently, I read an article about a physician that was using Botox for knee injections just to help with osteoarthritis. Interesting. Right? So... There's, there's a ton of stuff out there and you're talking about a, a toxin that could kill one gram of botulinum toxin could kill 50 million people, but we've harnessed that and medical cannabis has never hurt anybody yet. There's a stigma around it. Mm-hmm. So perspective. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it just goes to show you without getting into too much of it, you know, the power of marketing mm. and of mm-hmm. these, you know, um, the power of propaganda, yeah. really. I was going to say propaganda. Yeah. Right. Um, which some marketing, I guess you could yeah. call propaganda. Um, so it's, yeah, it's just, it's, it's very cool to be where we are now in 2019. I mean, I remember in university, I was in like my second year when I really woke up to the truth about cannabis and I was reading books and listening to podcasts and seeing, oh my God, this is like such a evolutionary uh, plant and so good for so many things. And, and then looking around and being like, oh, it's going to be like, 20 years until mm. this is like mainstream that was like six years ago maybe right so mm-hmm. like you said at the beginning you know three years is not a long time 10 years really is not a long time it might seem like it in a human lifetime mm-hmm. but we're a little blip you know in yeah. the grand scheme of things oh, yeah. sure. um so all this is just super exciting and i think reason for people to get uh hopeful if they've not been yes. right if they're feeling um 
beaten down and like they're not given been given the time and attention and the care and the education that's actually going to help them um, to know that those uh, those places exist. Those right? outlets and are there. Yeah. 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 And uh, I mean, people think that they have to be sick to use medical cannabis. You know, there's a lot of people, athletes, um, you know, successful professionals in, in any area that understand that using CBD could be protective of their health, mm. prophylactic, right? Prevention. So, you know, we don't always want us, our image to be that of chronic pain and, and, and requiring help. We have a ton of patients that come in and tell us, look, I just want to have a government tested CBD oil because I know when I use this in the evening, it gives me better sleep. I wake up feeling better. And it also is an anti-inflammatory and everybody walks, everybody does things all day and you're low level attacking and harming your body all day. So why mm-hmm. not take something that can help with that? And it's organic. Mm-hmm. Right? There's a huge craze now from you know, the holistic side of medicine about taking all these vitamins and all these minerals and all these things that are available to you. But is it always something that you need? It's about balance, right? And CBD is something that is always going to put your body closer to homeostasis as opposed to taking 2000 milligrams of calcium because you thought it would help. And now you've put your kidneys into a huge rush, right? So again, it just depends. It depends mm-hmm. on the individual, but our patient base is so vast now that, you know, we help all sorts of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that is kind of goes back to the myths that we, we wanted to touch on is, you know, a lot of people think, oh, I have to be terminally ill to pursue medical cannabis as a treatment option or as, you know, a preventative option, like Arash was saying. Um, and that might have been the case in 2001 when it first came out. It might have been the case in, you know, 2010 or even 2015. But now we see patients of all demographics, all conditions, uh, from children to people, um, you know, at their end of life care and everywhere in between people who have, you know, low grade anxiety, who just don't want to wake up with a pit in their stomach anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, people who are sad in the wintertime, but it gets better in the summertime, um, so we do see everything, and I think that is one of the myths that we are trying to dispel is you you do not need to be on your deathbed in order to benefit from medical cannabis. It truly can improve your quality of life um, no matter where you are in your quality of life. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't want to say too much more, but Holly, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. It's quality of life. Mm. And sometimes a person is going through a rough episode and they go to their doctor and believe it or not, a survey once was was done and 85% of the people that went to the doctor went because they could no longer function financially. Fine, you're in pain, you fight through it, right? You got some anxiety, you fight through it. But when it gets so bad that you can't go to work and then you can't pay your bills, that's when people seek help. Mm-hmm. It's usually already that far gone. So instead of taking an SSRI that'll take four to six weeks and have side effects, there's the option for medical cannabis. And again, I'm talking about the high-functioning individual who's now starting to miss a day or two every couple of weeks based on their symptomology. And if we can help that person, then that's going to further prevent them to getting into other things or even, you know, if you want to look at it from from a harm reduction standpoint, Mm. causing harm to their body. You're you're slowing that process. So, Yeah, it's funny and it really rings in my head that when used properly, it's actually the reverse um, gateway drug. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. We see that all the time. Absolutely. All the time. Uh, reverse gateway drug for, you know, standard pharmaceuticals like opioids, 
We also have many patients who are coming out of, you know, alcohol treatment programs um, who are not necessarily looking for an alternative to alcohol, but if CBD helps them with the symptoms that drove them to addiction or, or kept them going on that, then by all means, we want to help you. So, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> and that's going to be the future of this stuff. That'll be the future of all medicine. Let's put it that way, right? Individual genetic-based analysis and what you need. Mm-hmm. But for now, there's an area in which we know these medications shouldn't be used until absolutely necessary. And there are other things that you can use that will help you and not harm you. And that's the holistic side of things, right? So, again, it, it all boils down to what people know in terms of education, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone knows what magnesium does. Everybody knows what a potassium capsule can do. Everybody knows what the medicines that doctors use do. I mean, we have Google. Right? We can look all this up. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 not as well known for medical cannabis, and that can tend to to make some people nervous. But what we do know is it harms nobody. Mm-hmm. What we do know is it helps more than ninety percent of the people we see. So. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we don't want to sit here and say, like, this is the miracle drug. Everybody should be yeah, beyond cannabis. Yeah. What we've seen in our practice is medical cannabis is just one piece of the puzzle. But for many people, it is that missing piece of the puzzle that can bring them back into homeostasis, can bring them back to a higher quality of life or the quality of life they once had before illness, before a car accident, before uh, depression, anxiety, or mental health struggles. So, you know, even for myself, like I still use some pharmaceuticals, albeit I've reduced the amount of pharmaceuticals I'm on by 50%. I still go to therapy for my mental health, but cannabis has been the one constant that has allowed me to improve my quality of life, improve my functioning in life, um, allow me to do podcasts like this without uh, vomiting from uh, anxiety. So yeah. like, you know, with without cannabis, I truly don't think I would be in this spot today. So for myself, it's been life-changing. Yeah. And for me, it's, it's, it's really interesting and almost, <laughs> I hate to admit it, I was ignorant towards it. Mm. Um, I developed a very bad sleep disturbance somewhere along the lines in medical school, like third year. Does would, any medical student not have <laughs> sleep problems? Believe it or not, there, believe it it or not like there are some detached people out there. There are people that can literally close their eyes, be asleep in 10 minutes, wake up in three hours and feel like gold. I was never one of those people. Hate I would, those people. I know. <laughs> jealous of those That's people. That's exactly what it is. Low-lying jealousy. I'm jealous mm-hmm. of them too. Um, you know, I would go to bed at like 10.30 or 11, roll around till 3 o'clock, and then have to be at the hospital at 5.30. And it was a nightmare. So I turned to the traditional stuff. You know, I, I played with Ambien, Zoplicone, or Imivane, as known here. So I tried that stuff, and it it worked, but it was always that level of uneasiness that I would wake up with. And I knew that my body was off. My reactions were slower. My thinking process took way more time. I was groggy, right? So, you know, you, you play with the doses, you cut them in half, you think you know what you're doing, but in reality, you're still putting your body through the ringer. I still didn't give in to cannabis when I was in school. I know people who used it to treat their ADHD. I know people who used it to, you know, aid with their sleep. Um, ulcerative colitis, Crohn's, those are big things that I saw all throughout medical school that a lot of people were using cannabis for. But I still thought, oh, those guys don't know what they're talking about. They're using drugs, right? I had that same terrible stigma that I fight every day now. So finally, when I came to Apollo, I decided, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try a capsule. And I'm going to see if it helps me. And I did. And it was one of the best sleeps I've ever had. And now what I do throughout the week, I'll know if I have a very busy day and I'm going to be overtired. That evening, I will, I'll take advantage of what I know. Right? So 
for me, it's funny the the more tired I get, the less I sleep. It's classic for me. Mm. So I know on those days that I'm overworked or on, on near the end of the week, a Thursday or Friday, you know, I'll take 2.5 milligrams of THC with a little bit of CBD and I'll wake up feeling utterly refreshed. So that's my story. It's not nearly as deep as some of the patients that I see or relevant even. I probably could have just got by by taking some melatonin from time to time. But again, that's throwing my balance off. And again, that's causing me to be groggy the next day. This medication helps me find balance. And that's what we try to teach every day. Mm-hmm. So... Well, and I'm curious along those lines, how much, if any, of the focus is, um, you know, complementary to cannabis around lifestyle mm-hmm. and mindset and nutrition and, you know, just general healthy living that a lot of people know about, but aren't necessarily being coached through or led through or introduced to or recommended as, you know, part of their prescription, essentially. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Can, I mean, just to, Sorry, (laughs) to to speak on it, um, I have a friend, a very good friend, and he was diagnosed with ADHD as a kid. He took all of the classic medication, right? The methylphenidate, the Ritalin, all that stuff that's out there. It gave him horrible anxiety and destroyed his sleep. So he's put the medications away, but then he could never focus on anything. We met late in life. I met him. I met him in med school. This guy would, you know, turn on a joint and take a pull from it a couple hours before any test and he would get the highest grade in the class i had no idea how he did it you know for the longest time i thought he was cheating i didn't know turns out you know a couple years fast forward he he was treating his own adhd and now back then he didn't know any better so he used to smoke it all the time so as soon as i learned what i know now i called him he told me he's like yeah i'm I'm still you know i'm still going pretty strong that way i told him look instead of smoking it Let's vaporize it. And instead of vaporizing it, let's take an oil. Let's clean it up. Let's refine it. Mm. Like all things that you learn in life as you get older and understand, you want to refine it. Right? So that's just one example of a person who didn't come to our clinic, but that I reached out to because I felt like he was, you know, treating his condition absolutely required the cannabis, but in the process was somewhat harming himself. Mm -hmm. Right? So he called me back about a month later said he purchased a vaporizer, right? So no carcinogens there. And he now takes a capsule for sleep and he can't believe what he's been missing. Yeah. Right? Just that one small stone was overturned, quality of life, medicating, right? And, and treating himself correctly. And like you said, it comes into that all around holistic, let's get healthy approach that a lot of people have. It's just a matter of education. Yeah. And kind of talking on exercise, you have people who come in with chronic pain, mm-hmm. can't move, like, could barely get off their couch to come and see us because they're in so much pain. Once you start taking away some of that pain, even if it's a reduction in pain by 50%, going from like a 9 out of 10 to a 4 out of 10, they can start to go on little walks. That therefore improves their mental health. When you get some fresh air at night, when you take a walk, it's improving your sleep. So it's this triangle effect of, you know, almost a domino effect. You take care of one symptom and it domino effects to take care of all of these other symptoms because you can start exercising again. You have the motivation to cook a meal instead of going through the drive-through again. So all of those little things add up to add, to create a healthier and more holistic lifestyle where you feel good about yourself and you're taking care of yourself. And sometimes, you know, sometimes that starts for people by going to therapy. Sometimes it starts for people by using cannabis. Sometimes it starts by you know using pharmaceuticals. Everybody's different, but. If it just takes that one action to sort of domino everything else 
and cannabis is that action for, for us and in our practice, we see remarkable changes in people's lives. And people are often worried when they come into us, they're like, oh, am I going to get the munchies? Am I going to gain weight? I, you know, I don't want this. We see people actually, you know, lose weight using cannabis because they are able to exercise again. They're able to go play with their kids again. Um, so less yeah. of a concern than most people think. Yeah. Totally, totally. And it's it's really about, you know, building that positive momentum mm-hmm. with anything in life. You know, health, of course, being the foundation for what we can do and how we can show up, but with anything, right? It's getting the ball rolling and then building and building and keeping it rolling in the right direction. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes we run into that same ball that's been built up and running the wrong direction. Right? Mm-hmm. For and years so, or decades. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so a guy comes into the clinic. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm fabricating this, but. <laughs> sounds like a joke. Guy comes into the cannabis clinic. The clinic <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I just, I'm, I'm fabricating it because I don't want to give it, you know, anything out. But yeah. there, a, a patient comes in, he's self-medicating. He tells me that he uses four grams a day and he gets the highest end, this, that, and the other. And I ask him a simple question. Have you had your cannabis tested? Mm. How do you know it's high end? Do you really require four grams a day? Right? All the simple questions that they thought, you know, more is better, but it's about what's correct. Mm. It's not always more is better. Yeah. And so, you know, you have a patient that, that comes back and tells you, yeah, I used to use four grams a day, spend hundreds of dollars a month. Mm-hmm. Now I spend 150 bucks a month or 150 bucks every three months. Yeah. And I have government tested cannabis from a prescription in a doctor's office. And I realized that I was using a bunch of crap before that wasn't even good for me or right for me. Sometimes I would get a strain of cannabis that made my anxiety worse. Oh, dude, I am that patient. You like, are that I patient. Went, I went from smoking like six, seven times a day thinking, you know, give me that primo, give me that high THC. Yeah, yeah. Oftentimes my anxiety was so much worse after I smoked, but I was like, oh, it can't be the weed. It's I'll like, get over it. I'll get over it. Yeah. Now I really don't. And that, smoke and, at all. I and, use my oils. Yes. I smoke recreationally. Um, right. But, and yeah. that, that patient realizes that they didn't need something that was 24% from a back alley. They needed something that was 9% from a licensed producer. Yeah. And that helps them in so many ways. And they, I've literally had patients tell me, the stuff that I used to use would cause me about two to three hours of discomfort for me to have about 45 minutes to an hour of comfort. I was willing to trade that much time to feel okay for an hour. Now I don't have to trade anything. Now I, I use what I know is tested and I know exactly how much I need because it's a controlled dose, right? And the argument for us is sometimes we get in clinic, you know, how do you know you're controlling the dose if you inhale it? Well, you don't 100% know the dose, but you know how you don't want to feel and you stay beneath that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that that brings up a uh, question that I want to dive into a bit, which was around delivery mechanisms, ah, right? Yes. And um, I'm similar to you, right? I've pretty much straight vaporizing at this point, oils when I need them, topicals when I want them, um, you know, recreationally smoking various things. And I'll mix different things. I'll put some mullein in there mm. or some different, you know, uh, herbs that soften the load, you should say. Cool. Um, and mullein is being... Something that was traditionally used actually to to cure asthma or treat asthma by smoking. How do you spell that? What's that? M U L L E I N. Awesome. Yeah, mullein. It grows everywhere. You can find it all over the place. Easy to find, harvest, dry. You know, nice. use makes tea nice. Um, but do you know how it helps? Sorry to interrupt. Do you know how it helps asthma? I don't know the mechanism. Mm. I just know that it has a long traditional use. Interesting. Um, 
and yeah, I've, I've, I mean, subjectively, I've felt it, but cool. I don't know exactly what it's doing, like from the you know biochemical, physiological perspective. Yeah, that's cool, man. There's yeah. probably some research about it though, because I feel like, well, maybe that's not. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> These things don't get researched. Let, let's go out on a limb yeah, yeah. and say that's where the beta two agonist came from. That's <laughs> that all asthmatics use now. I'm just making that. Up. Yeah, <laughs> I have no idea, but yeah, go on. Um, it's a hard thing for a lot of people to give up the feeling of smoke mm. they love the feeling of smoke and after i had it broken down by another medical cannabis professional friend um with just how much you're destroying the actual therapeutic compounds and creating toxic compounds and i was like okay i'm sold like and i, and I liked the experience of a vaporizer anyways for the taste and mm -hmm. the purity and the, the ability to mix things um but so i wonder where you guys you know stand in terms of uh, best practice and what works for the most people in terms sure. of whether vaporizing, combining with oils, and so forth. Yeah, we're we're never gonna recommend a patient smokes. Uh, we're a doctor's office. Ever? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So there's kind of three main delivery methods that are currently legal. Although if you talk to us in six months, there's gonna be a whole bunch new ones on the market. Uh, but right now, you can get your dried cannabis, which we will recommend a patient puts in a high quality vaporizer. Um, Basically, it's going to heat up the cannabis to a certain level uh, where you're not getting carcinogens, you're not getting smoke, um, but you are activating uh, and releasing the THC, CBD, terpenes, other cannabinoids. You inhale those. And this is best for patients who need immediate relief of their symptoms. Let's say they feel a migraine coming on or they feel an anxiety attack coming on or they're having breakthrough pain because their oils didn't last long enough. Um, so we'll recommend that um, for certain symptoms and certain conditions. Um, and then there's oils and capsules, which are taken uh, through ingestion. Oils measured with a little syringe uh, placed under the tongue or just taken directly into the mouth. Some people like to put it on a piece of toast and eat it that way. Um, and capsules are really just pre-dosed oils that you can get in 2.5 milligrams or 10 milligrams THC, 10 milligrams CBD. Um, so various levels of the compounds. Um, so those are best for patients who need long-term relief of their symptoms. So for example, myself, I take my CBD oil with a little bit of THC in the morning. That lasts me to about mid-afternoon, might take another dose in the mid-afternoon, might not, depends how the day goes. Um, lasts about six to eight hours, depending on the person, uh, but it does take an hour or two to kick in. So um, if you need immediate relief when you wake up, you might use a vaporizer, take your oils right after, as the oils are kicking in, the vaporizer is wearing off, and you have sustained relief of your symptoms. Uh, in a nutshell, Marash, anything to add? Absolutely correct. Yeah, <laughs> no, that was a really good breakdown. Um, yeah, that's it. That those are the methods that we use now. Yeah. Those are the recommendations that we have. And like Holly said, in the next six to eight months, because this industry is moving rapidly, it might be different. Mm -hmm. But that's where we're at. Yeah, topicals and are coming. Um, Patients ask us about them often, um, mostly the older demographic mm. um, will ask us about topicals. And although there isn't like a legal topical that you can buy, we can recommend how to mix um, the ingestible oils with a compounding cream or Voltaren amyl gel or some other um, solution that's going to take the medicine deep into the skin and to where it needs to be for, you know, localized pain treatment. Mm -hmm. yeah. Which I found it worked great for. Yes. Right? Um, and the people, I think, I don't know why they have a hard time uh, believing it or conceptualizing or thinking about that. 
Um, but it makes a lot of sense that given we have these receptors all over, yep. like why not go directly to the source, yeah. right? Instead of going through the gut, through the liver, through the bloodstream, and then yeah. getting some of it <laughs> to the target site, why exactly. not just go straight there? Yeah, if you have arthritis in one knee, why don't you just put it on that one knee? Exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, and I'm curious on your guys' opinions in terms of where things are going and how the market's going slate, you know, scheduled to open up in a pretty big way. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything that you would really want to see or that you're maybe concerned about seeing or like best case scenario, where do you, th- where, where does, where does it go? What are the, the new means of ingestion and that makes my imagination run wild. Mm. I mean, to me, the best way, well, not the best way, my favorite way forward would be a absolutely clean cartridged inhaled form. So back to asthma. Like a puffer? Yeah. Cool. Mm. Right? It's like CO2 pre-dosed. pre-dosed. Yeah. Each puff is going to give you X amount of THC and CBD and you decide how much you need based on your symptoms. Mm-hmm. Just like asthma. Mm. And then you're not dealing with putting the plant into a vaporizer or having that unit charged or having all the stuff that comes with using cannabis. Now, I'm not saying it's difficult, but patients will tell us, you know, there is a process with this medication. So, you know, it's, you don't just put it in with the rest of your capsules and and take it at the end of the night, like some some medications. So that's the way I see it. And also there's going to be, you know, the the liquid form of cannabis that's going to develop soon. Once it's hydrolyzed, it's going to affect your bodies very similar to alcohol. Right? You can go to an airport, sit there, have two hours before a flight, grab a drink, feel it in 15 minutes, have it wear off in an hour and a half to two, and then you're on your plane. The same way you would treat you know, an alcoholic beverage recreationally. Mm. That's just the stuff that I think would be very interesting. But in terms of medicine, it's about the concentration. It's about concentration. Mm. So if you're going to take, right now the market standard is between 20 to 25 milligrams of CBD, milligrams per milliliter of CBD. But, you know, in a couple of years from now, that might be laughed at. It might be 200 milligrams of CBD or 350 milligrams of CBD in a capsule, the size of, you know, your, your pinky mm-hmm. or, or sorry, your, your cuticle. So mm-hmm. regardless, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to branch off into different forms for recreation versus different forms of medication. And it's exciting. It's exciting. Who doesn't want to be on the forefront of that stuff? So, yeah. And I think, you know, a, a question that we get um, a lot from the older demographic specifically is around edibles. Like, oh, you know, my grandchild gave me an edible and it did help. How can I get how can I get the chocolate? How can I get the brownie? So I'm particularly excited to see those kind of products come out um, because I think it's going to satisfy a big need and it's going to take people away from um, relying on their grandchildren for homemade medicine and actually treating this like a like a proper medication. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean... You can have any this chocolate here, or these little you know good food bites that you have. Like I'd love to see um, snacks with CBD and THC in them that are accessible for the older demographic for medical purposes. Just like we have uh, you know vitamin chews and and gummies. Um, mm-hmm. So that, but for cannabis, and obviously it's coming. It's you know it's been around in the black market for a while. So, but I'm I'm excited to see that because I think it's going to be more accessible for people to say, okay, you know what, I think I'm going to take a gummy rather than I'm going to squirt an oil of uh, a milliliter of oil in my mouth or I'm going to vaporize something. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I think it'll 100%. break down a lot of stigmas. Absolutely. And it'll be easier to control the dosages, right? We, we deal with this in clinic all the time. Just like Holly said, I took this cookie from my grandson. The first night I took half and it was amazing. And the second night I took half and it was a nightmare because I can't control where that dosage goes. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, if, if you have a, a set amount that the government has approved, tested and, and you know, tried, tested and true, I guess, 
then that's going to change things for for the mm-hmm. people who don't like taking it the way Holly's explaining it. Mm-hmm. It's not easy taking oils, right? Just plain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If it helps you enough, you'll do it. Mm-hmm. Right? We have plenty of patients that tell me stories about how they plug their nose and take some orange juice and do whatever they need <laughs> to do to get it in because it helps them that much. They're willing mm-hmm. to sacrifice that much. But, you know, it's just going to get easier. Yeah. It's going to get far easier. Mm-hmm. One thing I'd love to see, and I have no idea if this is even medically possible or whatever, but some sort of, you know how they do vitamin infusions where you mm-hmm. can like sit down IV and get vitamins? like, yeah, yeah, IV vitamins. Mm-hmm. But like for for <laughs> cancer, let's instead of chemotherapy, mm. you know, getting an, it, it is possible. an IV mm. of thousands of milligrams of CBD and THC. Potentially could be the future of cancer treatment. Potentially could be the future of a variety of different diseases and conditions that are incredibly difficult to treat, if at all. Mm, right, um, right. So I always picture that and I'm like, hmm, somebody should do that. Yeah. <laughs> somebody should do that and I should invest in it. Yeah. Is what Tolly's thinking. Yeah. Patent this, patent this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. mainlining Mary Jane. Yeah. yeah. I see it coming. I yeah. see it coming. Um, yeah, that's a very cool thought. It's a very cool thought. And I mean, up until this point, from my understanding, People in those conditions, the best way to get the highest amount possible has been suppositories, mm. which are very potentially uncomfortable, right? A lot of people don't even want to talk about their butt or yeah. poop or digestion or any of those things, let alone stick things in there yeah. to treat themselves. And yet, you know, I've heard of amazing results for certain people in certain cases, and certainly cancers would be part of that, right? Part of an integrative approach. Yeah. Um, just because you can't absorb a lot directly into the bloodstream, but. It'll probably be a lot more enjoyable process if you can be in a comfortable place and yeah. be, you know watching TV or reading something, and someone just sticks you with a needle, and you know thirty minutes later you're you're medicated, and you know your cells are are screaming for joy. Hopefully, yeah, one hundred percent true. And with medical oncology, anything to do with cancer, you know, everyone's always, well, we've heard of Rick Simpson oil, we've heard of this, or we've heard of that, and I always tell people, you know, the research is so far behind. That unfortunately, if we were to wait for it, we'd probably lose more than half the patients that are waiting for it, right? So we we take from theory, and there is some theory out there, right? and there has been a little bit of research done, and we try to, you know, put that into a treatment plan for a patient who's going through that kind of stuff. The suppositories is interesting. I have a lot of patients that use it for menstrual cyclic pain, mm. right? There are recipes out there of how to make, you know, ice pellets that are loaded with CBD, that you would insert and, you know, you prop your hips up on a pillow. And I'm talking, ex- you know, excruciating pain. These are people who need four or five days off in a row who can't even move, right? I'm not talking about the average individual who can who can handle it but wants to try it. But these people will go to extreme lengths because they're tired of taking all the other medications that they're taking during that time, mm-hmm. right? They get, you know, a ton of indigestion and don't feel good for 10 days after their, their cycle because they had to take those medications for the pain. So the world of suppositories, the world of, of different methods of consumption is, is only, you know, snowballing. It's going to continue to grow. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. And on that note, uh, sort of future forecasting, looking at where things might be going, are there any other cannabinoids that stand out to you guys that are maybe being researched some more or being uh, used or isolated in practice or by researchers to see what their effects are and, and what promise they might have? Yeah. For one for me, I can't speak for Holly, but uh, on my end, I think THCA is an interesting one, right? You're looking at all the benefits that THC can give you without any of the cognitive functioning delays, 
right now don't get me wrong there are people that can use tremendous levels of thc and function very well but there are other people who will you know try the smallest dose and feel that they're completely out of control so and that happens with any medication and so if there's a form of a medication that can remove the side effects which are so minimal to begin with that to me kind of seems foolproof right that kind of seems like well what's your excuse now you know, you can do something mm-hmm. to help your body and there's absolutely no side effect to it now. So that's interesting to me. It's just very expensive right now. Mm. Well, and for someone who, again, isn't schooled in this, for t- to get the acid form of any cannabinoid, you know, THC, CBD, whatever it is, um, we're just looking at raw yep. herb or dried herb that's not been, you know, decarboxylated or heated to a certain degree. Correct. And so, hence the cost prohibition for a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, unless they're growing their own in which case it could become quite affordable, right? I mean, of course, the dose would depend on how much you're going to get for one plant and how many you're growing and all those sort mm-hmm. of things. Um, but, uh, and there's been, you know, some some pretty powerful online documentaries and things around the raw plant and yep. smoothies and juicing and so forth for and so sure. on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've certainly felt, you know, having grown years, years ago, just a few plants, um, putting just leaves into a smoothie, 100%. not even the bud, right? Putting a few leaves and just feeling like a very subtle but noticeable enhancement, yeah. right? Just yeah. like a calmness, a more a smoothness, like more flow, less, you know, aches and pains, whatever it was. And uh, and that being, you know, attributable to impart, you know, the acid forms of those cannabinoids. Yeah. yeah. And going back to, you know, the future of cannabis and what we'd like to see, I would love to see the leaves of the cannabis plant and, and other parts of the cannabis plant repurposed. I mean, right now, Health Canada doesn't allow licensed producers to sell the leaves. It's you, you make cannabis products from the bud and that's it. So, I mean, cannabis leaves, they're a dark leafy green. Like, how can that not be good for you? So I'd love to see them, you know, sold like lettuce in the grocery store, or be able, be <laughs> yeah. able to, to get... Uh, extracts from for for putting in your smoothies or getting the Murata put in your smoothies Um, and kind of going back to the other cannabinoids that you're talking about one thing that's really big in the industry right now is um, learning about terpenes Um, so for those who don't know terpenes and flavonoids they're what make cannabis and all other plant matter smell and taste how they do so um you may have smelt some cannabis that smells more lemony, and that's probably because it has high levels of uh, limonene on it. Uh, it might smell more uh, like a pine tree, has high levels of pinene in it. And each of these terpenes have different um, potential medical, potential therapeutic um, effects that go along with them. So we'll have patients report that strains that are high in uh, myrcene, for example, help them sleep better, mm-hmm. or strains that are... Um, high in pinene actually open up their kind of air pathways, um, similar to wa- how walking through like a, a carnivorous forest would do. Um, so there's still a ton of research to be done on terpenes, but they're in all plants. Um, so I think we just need to collectively, not just the cannabis industry, but like the plant industry, do more research on the health benefits of all of these different terpenes and flavonoids and um, look for products that are high in certain ones for certain conditions. Like you can have a... a Two CBD oils, exactly the same in terms of 20 milligrams of CBD and less than one milligram of THC, but they have a completely different terpene and other cannabinoid makeup. So they're going to affect people in different ways. So it's important um, 
to understand that. And also as you get more granular with prescribing and you get more granular with understanding what works for your body, looking at those components and seeing, you know, why did this oil work better for me than that oil? Could be the terpenes. 100%. If anyone is listening out there and they're a botanist, we would love your services. Yes. <laughs> we want to learn more about the plant. Come through. <laughs> yeah, come see us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just anecdotally, um, I started just making the connection between essential oils, mm. which are quite popular these days and quite useful in many applications, quite safe if used properly and sourced from a good source. Because um, like any industry, there's you know counterfeit stuff and, and stuff that's been cut with impurities and so forth. But um, looking at the connections and then playing around, and of course, I'm not saying for people to go do this, but just from my own experience, having added you know a drop of an organic cedar oil mm-hmm. onto some cannabis in a vaporizer and having that be an amazingly opening, grounding, sort of clearing feel. Mm. Um, similar, but obviously not as intense to actually just taking. Um, and I love wild plants and I love encouraging people just to get outside and learn what's around and see what's medicinal or edible and just play with it, right? Because mm. there's really nothing fresher and more nutrient dense usually than whatever's growing fresh, you know, in the forest around you. And so I've taken actually just, you know, cedar uh, needles or mm. pine needles fresh and thrown them into a vaporizer. And even that, it, it, it enhances the flavor. Awesome. It adds moisture into the Amazing. mixture. Um, so I'm a big fan of blends. Cool. Um, and I think that's going to be uh, one of the potential um, complementary markets Right. And educating people around that, you know, your cannabis is doing this for you. Amazing. You can use these other medicinal plants to enhance the flavor, the experience, the taste, whatever it is. Adding a little Um, lavender, boost the linalool, you know. Totally. Totally. That's cool. I never even thought about that. Grabbing some, some, It's interesting. When I used to work at this vaporizer company, we used to sell, um, like lavender, mint to, to add in with, we never said the word cannabis because this was you know, six years ago, but <laughs> add in with your botanicals, mm-hmm. with your herbs. Nice. nice. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's been a thing for a while, kind of making these mixtures, yeah. um, especially when you're vaporizing them. And then it also allows you to, to get more sciencey with, you know, what temperature am I going to vaporize at? You know, this herb vaporizes best, releases these components at this temperature versus... You know, another another herb. So it's higher or lower in yeah, value. That's exactly. awesome. So you get to kind of personalize your individual experience even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Totally. As we begin to wrap up, is there anything else that comes to mind as, you know, like things that you really want people to know? If I could only share this one piece or this tidbit or this, you know, anecdote, mm-hmm. what might one of those be? If there's anything. So many. Yeah, <laughs> that's such a like, loaded question. That's such a loaded question. Um, I'd say don't be scared. Um, and it's an easy thing to say is, you know, don't be scared. It's just a plant. But we need to remember at the end of the day, it is just a plant. It's something that grows out of the ground. It's been on earth for thousands of years. It's been used medicinally and recreationally for thousands of years. This isn't new. There's been a ton of propaganda that has caused fear, that has caused stigma, and we have the opportunity now to break all that down and, you know, take it back from its roots as a medicinal plant, as it's always been, reinvent that in modern day society and be able to be a little bit more scientific with it and make more clinical applications. Um, But this isn't something to be scared of. It's just a little plant. Um, 
and we are fortunate enough to have legal access to that plant. And I think we also need to to remember that we are very fortunate in Canada. There are many people who could severely benefit from this in other areas of the world who would be jailed or put to death for even considering or touching this plant. So we are fortunate. And if you are somebody who is suffering from mental or physical health conditions, give it a try. Just, mm-hmm. just try it. Worst case scenario, doesn't work for you or you don't like it. Best case scenario could change your life. Exactly. Beautiful. And I always try to, you know, reiterate to patients that come into our clinic initially, especially if I see them in a triage, you know, they're looking around, they're a little nervous. I always remind them, this is a doctor's office, mm-hmm. okay? You are going to be seen by a physician who is fully certified, has gone through residency, who has his specialty and his faction. Or her. Or her, absolutely <laughs> her. Some, oh my goodness, don't even get me started on some of the female doctors I work with. As Dr. Paula Williams. Oh, oh, am I allowed to say Yeah, names? yeah, God Whoops. bless her. <laughs> yeah, we call her St. Williams because she's just so good oh. and she's so incredible. But when I say that, I don't just mean to say, here's a blanket statement, you're going to be seen by a doctor. We'll specialize a person's treatment based on their disease. So I, I've mentioned it before, I'll mention it again. Actually, let's, let's put it under even a bigger, bigger umbrella. Rheumatoid arthritis is an autoimmune condition. Let's, let's pick anything under that list. We now know in medicine that when a patient goes to sleep, their breathing slows down. There's a buildup of carbon dioxide. That's an acid. That is the number one wake-up call for your immune system. So we know autoimmune conditions are really prevalent at night. You, know, you have patients that wake up in the morning with MS that have new conditions because it's such a rapid right? Ex- aggressive disease. You have patients who wake up in the morning with rheumatoid that have to spend 30 to 45 minutes just warming their hands up before they can even get started on their day. Or the Crohn's or the celiac patients. Those ones are really, really popular as well with our clinic. So knowing that, knowing a theory that exists in medicine in every faction, we take that and we apply it to medical cannabis. We have them using a large dose of CBD before they go to bed as an anti-inflammatory. They'll wake up feeling better. Then they can use a smaller dose of CBD throughout the day, microdosing it a few times a day just to keep the pain away. And in that particular instance, just to keep the immune system at bay. So there's a lot of things and applications that we take that are proven, that are evidence-based, and we apply them to a medication that isn't as well known. And that scares some people in terms of, oh, what are the side effects, you know, or what are, what are some of the things we need to watch out for? Trust me, that's what we do, mm-hmm. right? We'll go through your medications. I'll go through your family history. I'll go through your psych history. I'll make sure that you are a proper candidate. And it doesn't happen often, but every now and then we'll have a patient that doesn't receive a prescription based on the medications they were using or their past medical history. So, you know, don't feel that this is... Not a Mickey Mouse operation. Exactly. Exactly. We're just a doctor's office. Yeah, we are a doctor's office that changes lives. And like any other doctor's office, we want to get the good word out there. So we don't come from an angle of sales. We come from a, an angle of care, right? And not to not to be self-promoting. I just know that there's a lot of other places out there that will try to give you what they think is best. We'll do what's best for you as opposed to, you know, what's available. Mm-hmm. We don't care about that. I mentioned to you before we even started recording, we don't really care about the business aspect of things. We care more about what's in front of us and what we can focus on, and that's our patients. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, and it's a great distinction, right, for people to keep in mind is that like any industry... There's going to be those with the um, less pure intentions, shall we say, of course. that are just there to capitalize, right? And that's fine. They're going to do their thing and yeah. they might help some people. They might not help some people, whatever. And, 
and to shed a small amount of light in their direction, right? I'm not trying to defend the corporate world. But without them, we don't have the funds. And without the funds, we don't have the research. Mm. So, you know, the argument can be made in medicine, oh, those are the big pharmacies and or, or the pharmaceutical companies that are corrupting everybody. Yes, yes, it's true. Yes, there are examples of companies that do that. But there are also other companies that spend millions of dollars on R&D. And we need that. And sometimes they come across a discovery. And sometimes they get a patent on something and they get to keep it for six years. Cannabis doesn't have any of that. So we can kind of just get rid of those thoughts, right? So in terms of the business of, of cannabis, we, we, we don't pay attention to it. I don't care what helps, what, where your cannabis comes from. As long as I know that it's controlled and it's dosed correctly and it's helping you, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, wonderful. The last question that I love to uh, get from people um, is for anyone listening who's sort of, you know, they're like interested, this has resonated with them, they want to learn more. Um, what might be three resources or teachers or teachings or documentaries, whatever it might be, things that you've come across that were impactful or really powerful or useful? Um, one could, of course, be, you know, the Apollo website or wherever research can be found. But uh, I wonder what those might be, you know, that you might offer to people that want to dive deeper and continue learning. For sure. Um we have a playlist that we play in our, our waiting rooms um, on the TV, and one of the selections of videos is this four-part four part documentary series by Dr. Sanjay Gupta. Uh, it's called Weed. <laughs> Weed yeah. Part 1, 2, 3, and 4. Well titled. Um, that is That one is eye-opening for a lot of people because you have this doctor who is so fervently against cannabis who publicly came out and said, you know what? I did some research and I was wrong and this is a helpful plant and he interviews patients from all walks of life, children with epilepsy, um, people who are living with cancer. Um, There's also a documentary that features Dr. Raphael Meshulam. Um, Can't remember what it is. Maybe we can link it on your blog later. Um, But it's about it's about cannabis. <laughs> yeah. No, Do you, well, you know the one I'm talking about? Absolutely. The in the he's, the, room? Yeah. he's the godfather of cannabis. Yeah. He's the one who initially discovered what those chemical components that we take advantage of now mm-hmm. are. And he was laughed at and he was told to, to walk out. And, and he teaches so much in such a small documentary. Mm-hmm. But what gets focused on and what a, people, a lot of people pay attention to is the amount of stigma the guy faced. You know, in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s, he just... He was told to stop talking and mm-hmm. about it and, and to leave it alone because for any given reason, I'm not even going to dive into that now, but you know, for any given reason, the stigmas that he faced were just incredible to see and how much knowledge someone had regarding something that was so new. It was incredible. Yeah. The other resource I would say um, is Lift & Co. They're an excellent educational and uh, review platform. So it's where um, it started out for medical patients. Now it's opened up uh, recreationally as well. But it's a huge database of legal strains uh, from every licensed producer that you can imagine and how it makes people feel, why they bought it, what it did for them, um, both both recreationally and medicinally. And they have a, a wealth of information on their blog as well. I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of Lyft, so I would recommend them yeah you have any i mean how deep do we want to go i use the uh (laughs) i use the european journal of internal medicine sometimes to refer to things and that's just ridiculous for the average individual to go into so i'm not going to say that but you know you you covered it holly the the lift and co or any kind of 
user-based review on strains, mm-hmm. I turn to that stuff. Yep. Sometimes I'll hear a name of a strain and it sounds hilarious to me. Mm-hmm. And I'll look it up on Lift & Co., verify it with the licensed producer, understand the value of THC and CBD, it's genetics. And, you know, there's there's a lot of tools that we have on our belt and, and we, we turn to all of them. There isn't one place that we say no to because when you're learning, you have to be open to it. Yeah. Right? So... I don't know if that answers your question, but that's yeah. what I do. So, yeah, no, I mean that's that's plenty. That's plenty to dive into and to keep people uh, well informed as they venture into their own journey uh, with cannabis recreationally, medically, a fusion of the two. Um, and so, yeah, that's perfect. That is perfect. And like I said at the beginning, all the show notes and resources that we've mentioned uh, will be at the blog brianhardy.ca forward slash cannabis podcast. And uh, you'll find the links to the things that we've talked about. And uh, in closing, I just want to say thank you guys Mm, for being on the front lines of this movement and this evolution into a new way to look at health and medicine and herbal medicine and really reclaiming a lot of what's been with us as humans for millennia, right? That we've just gone through a little bit of a a forgetful period Mm -hmm. where we believed some some lies and then uh, got off track a little bit. Um, but, but it's, it's clear that the tides have turned and, uh, that, you know, there's a lot of momentum going in the right direction. So just want to thank you guys for your piece of that puzzle. Oh, thank you for having thank us. Thank you for having it's, us. Uh, yeah, this was a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a lot of fun, actually. <laughs> I quite enjoyed this. This is the first time I've done anything like this and I'm telling you now, this would be fun to do regularly. I don't know about how if this is your first podcast. <laughs> it's my this second is... podcast, but I, I do enjoy. <laughs> nice. You're a veteran. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys are naturals. And uh, I think we covered a lot of great territory. It's going to help a lot of people, you know, break down stigma, educate, uh, feel empowered and to know what's out there. So that's all I got. Thank everybody for listening. Um, If you appreciated this, then, you know, get on social media, forward this, like it, share it, review it, um, spread the word because this really is a person to person movement and it's going to take, you know, a grassroots effort to continue to share and to break down that stigma to ultimately help more people. Absolutely. So if this resonated with you, go ahead and uh, pay it forward. And until next time, have a great week and keep redefining reality. Thanks, guys. Thank you.